Welcome, welcome, welcome to the QC Hornet's Nest, a podcast powered by the Charlotte Observer. I'm your host and resident beat writer, Rod Boone. This is your place to get all the latest bugs, news, and nuggets on the Charlotte Hornets. I'll be telling you stories other shows won't and give you the inside access other shows can't. This week, I'm joined by Tyrone Corbin, assistant coach for the Hornets. We discuss what it's like to now work for the NBA franchise closest to where he grew up in South Carolina, working for Steve Clifford and their previous ties together, going back to their days in Orlando, reuniting with Gordon Haywood, LaMelo Ball's enthusiasm, and more. So are you ready? All right, let's go. Let's get it. All right. We are one week into the season, believe it or not, already. And who'd have thought? Here are the Hornets as they go into this weekend's action. Four games in at sitting at 500, two and two, without their best player, LaMelo Ball. And for three of those four games, they didn't have, you know, Terry Rozier essentially out there because he, you know, although he did play in the second game, he didn't play, you know, towards best in the last part of it. So you want to say, you know, two games? Okay, I guess. But either way, they've been without three key players, if you include Cody Martin in that. Because once he came in for basically a minute in the season opener in San Antonio, he hasn't been able to get on the court since going to his weekend's action against Orlando and Golden State. So it's been a very wild ride so far for Honus. But one of those things that you look at it they haven't really been too bad they've been essentially really in every ball game so far and they really are doing well in some of the key categories you know defense we'll talk about that a little bit later on it's been one of the issues so far points in the paint trying to you know take care of that but if you look at it the Hornets are in the top five, six, seven in many categories. Let's break it down. Again, this is going into Thursday's action as they get ready to play Orlando on Friday and then host Golden State in Charlotte on Saturday. The Hornets do four games. Ranked first in points per game, first in three-point percentage, second in field goal percentage, fourth in offensive rating, and seventh in net rating. And when you look at those stats at home, they're pretty mind-boggling because if somebody told you that and they told you that the Hornets are doing those kind of things and they're doing it without even having their best player out there, would you have believed them? And the answer most likely is no. So that's why even though coming into this season, the Hornets were picked to be one of the worst teams in the Eastern Conference by many odds makers, they've shown so far and stressed so far under Steve Clifford that things may be a little bit different and maybe they won't be 
quite the team that people thought they would and can actually be a little bit better. So we'll see how it all shakes out. But so far, so good. Now it's going to be about seeing how well LaMelo Ball comes back when that does happen and how he can incorporate himself back into the team and figure things out on the fly after not being able to be amongst them for a couple of weeks in terms of being on the court. And same with Terry Rozier. Um, that's one of the things talking to um, Ty Corbin, as you guys will hear later on, speaking to him, is even though you are a team, when you have players who have been injured and you haven't been able to have your certain lineups out there and work with them, even in practice, it could become um, an issue at times later on, maybe in close ball games or something like that. So definitely, definitely actually watch this situation and it bears monitoring because the Hornets, although they're playing well right now, it's going to take time, you would think, to figure it all out once they get their main guys back because that also pushes back the rotational players like a tail uh, Maldon who have been playing very well as a backup point guard, like pushing out of rotation because he's obviously a two-way player. So seeing all that, the Hornets still are in good shape going to week two of the season. And nobody would have thought that considering that they had, you know, a couple of tough injuries with a couple of key players. So one of the main things that's helped them stay afloat is several things. It's been the play of Dennis Smith Jr., who's come in and looked really good as a backup point guard. Um, it's been Gordon Haywood averaging about 20 points a game and kind of being um, that playmaker for them. Um, what they, they need when they don't have LaMelo and Terry out there. Um, Kelly Oubre has had some good scoring games for them. He's been um, probably better than maybe they even hoped at times. And probably the biggest surprise to the exterior people on the outside is Nick Richards. But if you've been following along, listening and seeing stuff on Twitter that I've been putting out there, the Hornets have been really impressed with Nick Richards for a while now. So those who are surprised and weren't sure he can do this haven't been paying attention because the coaching staff has been telling me this for a while now. So Nick Richards has been out there really beasting, beasting it out and being a really good presence inside for them. And they need that because their defense has been a little bit leaky on the interior. And at some point, you know, maybe you can even see Nick Richards maybe starting, um, you know, when that comes, uh, how long that'll be from now, if that even happens, who knows. But when you start wanting to fix up your defense and you understand that he's been probably one of your better players back there blocking shots and getting you rebound putbacks and dunks, that's something you have to take a look at probably as we kind of move forward here. So either way, the Hornets have to kind of fix that interior defense. But other than that, they've had a really lot of positives going on so far. We'll see if they can kind of keep it going as they await their reinforcements to come back here, they hope, next week or so. We'll see if that happens. Well, I just mentioned the Hornets and their surprising start. One of the people who's helped out behind the scenes with that 
is assistant coach Tyrone Corbin. He's the number one lead assistant on Steve Clifford's staff, and I was able to speak with him, get his thoughts on a variety of topics. And I want to bring you guys some of that conversation. And here it is right now. All right, well, I'm joined this week by Ty Corbin, assistant coach for the Charlotte Hornets. Thank you, sir, first of all, for joining me this week. Um, first of all, if I'm not mistaken, you're from Columbia, right? So you're a yes. Carolina guy. Tell me yeah. about that. What's like coming home to be a part of the Hornets now? It's really great being close, man, uh, to be with the Hornets and to be uh, close to where my family can come up more regularly. Uh, I get a chance at some point during the season, maybe shoot down and get back to our work. Um, for the first time in my career, I've, uh, I'm this close to home. It feels really good to uh, to be able to, to see and uh, be a, around folk that I grew up with. Is that um, something that I guess as you get older, you get even more appreciative of? Because I'm sure you know people that you can't see when you're in Utah or wherever it is you, you, you've been at um, throughout your career. Now being here probably feels a little bit different, I'm guessing, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you know, you, you, you live and learn, right? And, uh, you know, you have an idea of what things should be like or what they would be like uh, as a young fellow. But um, as I am as an elder statesman now, I, I feel a little more appreciative of uh, where I'm in my life and to have an opportunity to, to work uh, this close to home in this business is really a blessing to me. As somebody who's been around the league for a while, what's it like coming back to this market? Because I feel like it's like a sleeping giant here. I mean, it's not a big market. It's not by the water. It's not um, New York City, um, but it still is a sleeping market in terms of people love basketball here. You know, we got a lot of Kyle's basketball and obviously the triangle and everything else. Just what about Charlotte and this market and this franchise and just how um, much people don't really know about it outside of here? Well, I think it's I think it's a super special market. Uh, basketball has always been huge in the South and North South Carolina. Um, I just remember back in the days when I played and I was on the expansion team in Minnesota, when uh, Charlotte was you know expansion team and the the buzz around the city there then, um, and the enthusiasm of all the people and then the team was you know young and they got better. And once they got better, just being in the old arena on Tavola and coming in as a visiting team and hearing the going around the stadium, man, I feel like, man, I'm missing out on something really special here and I want to be a part of it then. So um, I'm excited. I think the the brand of basketball where we are now, those young nukes of guys that we have, uh, the support of the community and the direction of the franchise. I'm really excited about being a part of this and I'm looking forward to us getting um, where we want to be sooner than later. Well. You've been obviously with Coach Clifford for a long time now. Just take me a little bit into your um, rapport with him and just how you guys have had a nice, I guess, relationship um, just coaching-wise and just be able to kind of have, uh, you know, you on the staff, um, almost like, I guess, wherever he's been, it seems like, lately. Well, you know, I joined him in Orlando there for three years. I've known him for years, and I've respected the way that he coached his teams and the discipline and the, uh, the organization they had when they played. Um, and and uh, to be a part of that and firsthand with him and to see how he builds it block by block and uh, understanding where his team is. He's a tremendously smart basketball coach. Uh, he has a great feel for where his team and his guys are. He's a um, special discipline guy in this league where you have to know your guys, how to get them all on the same page sooner or later. 
what get them to understand what takes uh, a team from just being a good team to a winning team. And, and a lot of times they get lost. Guys are good players, but they don't play to win. And um, when we build it, uh, he does a great job of building it from day one of trying to get as good as you can be to be ready to play in the playoffs by the time you get there, not trying to get ready once you get to the playoffs. So just building through the year of trying to get ready to be a playoff uh, competing team. It seemed like he's very um, organized as well. Just what about his, his detail orientation and just seemed like he's just one of those people on top of everything out there. Yeah, he put in the work, man. I mean, he's, he's watching everything. He's watching not only what's going on with his team, he's watching what's going on in the league. Um, he makes sure that we are ahead of the curve or just above the curve on everything before we get surprised with things. He want to make sure that we're, we're prepared. That's just understanding where your team is, where the league is, how you're playing, how you need to play, what you need to change, what you can keep. And he has a really good feel about those things for his team. Now, obviously, you were head coach, um, you know, previously um, in Utah, right? So how does that experience help you now being the number one assistant coach um, on the bench, if at all? Well, it helps a lot. Uh, you know, I kind of I was in that chair, right? So you you kind of understand the pressures, the uh, the uh, feel, the uh, responsibility that you have in there every day. And uh, it's a lot more than, than what people understand. There's a lot of stuff to answer to and organize and have a pulse on and make decisions on. Um, and so you know that everybody's watching you um, to lead them. And uh, he does a great job of keeping an even keel. When you need to be more stern or firm, he's there. When you need to be a little bit more lenient and understand that he's there, he just has a great pulse and great feel for where things should be for his team. Now, tell me a little bit about your job um, on the team. What are you um, kind of in charge of, and, and what's your main focus as you kind of move forward um, here throughout the season? Well, I always take it to my, my main job is to help Coach Clifford and this team be as good as we can be right now. And whatever that is, I coach any, you know, we coach as basketball players, but it's not like a football thing where you coach a specific guy or specific position, you coach everybody. And so I um, am in a position to kind of, as Coach Clifford is, help him understand, help him see what's going on with our team, uh, insert where I can insert, but follow his lead and uh, just be a great support to whatever he needs to get done to help us be good. It seems like, uh, if I'm not mistaken, that when you were in Utah, you were there, I guess, when Gordon Hayward was there, right? A little bit exactly. too. So, so <laughs> right. So what's that like now, all these years later, to kind of be with him now in Charlotte? It's one of the pleasures of this league, man. One of the blessings of being around, being able to be around so long is you see a young man come in from Butler University and uh, to be drafted into Utah. We've had, we had some veteran guys. He was a young guy. Uh, trying to figure his way out in this league. And, and uh, he was a good player then, but was young, one of the younger guys. So understanding, you know, you never play an 82-game season. You've never played with guys as good as these guys are. And um, so he, he learned a lot fast. He was talented enough to get some minutes there, but to see where his career is going now, and where he's one of the top guys now, and uh, we look for him to do a lot of things and carry this team especially with guys being out. He's done a great job. It's just such a pleasure to see him now be a father, a husband, and, and um, you know, run his family and, and um, to be able to continue to build his career as we need him to continue to get better so and, and help stay healthy so we can be as good as we can be.
you mentioned staying healthy. You seem like whenever I talk to him um, and, and, you know, things aren't going his direction, you seem like he's very passionate about it. Like people on the outside, you know, say different things about him, the injury prone and whatnot, but he, he definitely doesn't like that. I mean, just what about that and, and knowing how much he wants to go out there and not only, um, you know, be a winner, but just lead this team to a different height that it hasn't been previously. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's one of the, the toughest things in this business is that you can't control injuries. You know, it's just something that happens and you have to try and figure it out with him. He's not a guy that intentionally tried to miss him. He's never been. to just intentionally try to miss days. And uh, he want to be there. He want to hold up to his responsibility for this team and for himself and for his family. And the injuries is just something that happened. Unfortunately, he's had some injuries, but, you know, the blessing – are we hoping and praying this year that he can stay healthy and, and we need him on the floor for him, for us. And, but for him, I think it'd be a great thing for this community to see if this guy is healthy and playing, man, he's a tremendous asset to have. And you mentioned the injuries for you guys, you know, even though you're a little bit banged up, you guys are still two and two. You played, you know, three road games so far of, of your four games going through this weekend against Orlando and also um, playing at home against Golden State. Just, Although the guys are banged up right now, just from the roster perspective, just overall with Lamelo, Terry, when these guys are healthy, what's what's your thoughts on the roster and what you've seen from from the, the players so far since you've been here? Well, you know, we we uh, we're talented, we're uh, we're, we're deeper, um, uh, but we haven't had everybody for an extended period of time. Now that's an adjustment too when you get everybody to, especially when you get them in the season for games. You know, exhibition season is different than the regular season, so um, we haven't had them all in exhibition season. Now we don't have them all to the beginning of the season now, so we feel good about our talent. Um, just blending all of that together to see where we exactly where and how good we can be, and we know we're deep. We're, we're, we can be very versatile. We have a lot of work to do on, on the defense end of the floor to get everybody more on the same page. Offensively, they were great last year, and uh, we're looking forward to that continuing. But to blend the two together with the uh, talent that we have and, and finding the, the right uh, mixture of talent on the floor at the same time to be consistently good on with the first, second, and adjustment teams is, is, is going to take a little while. But uh, um, the guys are working really hard, and we're looking forward to it, uh, getting everybody on the floor. And uh, this is your, I guess, first time really being around with Melo, I'm assuming. Um, what's your thoughts on him and just what's it been like to kind of see his energy out there and just how boisterous he's out there just on the court? He's a joy, man. He's a joy to see his enthusiasm, his love for the game. Um, it, the the impact that he had just being around his guys, man, they just love uh, his spirit. Uh, his talent is one thing, but his person, is just as contagious. And I think, you know, to get a young guy that talented and have his teammates and guys just like being around him. And um, as he learned how he has to work his game into bringing everybody along with him, um, and we learn how to help him help himself and his teammates be as good as good as we can be, it's just fun to watch, man. And I, his, his upside is, is tremendous, and our upside with him. Um, can be special as well. And then as a big man yourself back in the day, what's what's it kind of like watching some of these younger guys you have on your roster right now? Like what's what's I know Mark Williams right now isn't playing per se, but what about Nick Richards? Um, you know, the younger guys you guys have right now trying to just I guess get them ready for this next level of playing the NBA. Well, it's it's, it's one of the pleasures that I have uh, of, of having been in that position, being a young guy coming in and uh, understanding, uh, trying to understand and figure out. 
uh, the difference in, in talent in this this league compared to any league that you've ever played with. I mean, every night you got um, all Americans, Player of the Years, superstar guys that mm-hmm. you may not have hear heard of, but these are really really good players, and so. They're really no nights off, and, and you're trying to figure out your way not only on your team to get a role, because in this business, it's about winning, and uh, it's not way once the season starts and once everybody gets uh, settled in, into their season. It's no more about when you get drafted and where you got drafted at, where you play college ball. This is what you're doing here and now, and there's some guys that you don't know their name, and uh, they you slip up and they're going to embarrass you. And so, um, it's, it's fun to watch them and under, get help, help in some way uh, watch them develop and see how the change has to come. And you got to work. You got to put your time in. You got to study more. You got to understand who you're playing against. You got to understand and be on top of your individual game and uh, continue to work and adjust that as the season going to figure out how you can get on the floor. And then just last thing, you're talking about all that. It's how um, important is it for, I guess, a player to hear from somebody like maybe yourself, because I think sometimes, you know, it is maybe um, an athlete may feel like, well, you didn't do it. You know, you weren't where I was at, but actually you were. So do you feel they maybe listen to you a little bit more than maybe they was somebody didn't play in the league? Yeah, I think it, I, it helps some, I, you know, they, they understand that I've played and I've been through some of the things that um, they may be going through. I can exp- I've experienced them, but these guys are different man. they, they are, um, so used to what they're used to, right? Mm-hmm. Most of them have been superstar kids and they're 12, 13 years old and everybody kind of tell things around who they are and to help them understand that, look, you're here now. you got a great opportunity, but this thing come at you really quick. So if you stop working or you uh, don't get better, um, you know, the next guy is coming in next year. So it's, this is not a business where you got a four-year scholarship and you're going to be here four years, really. I mean, you got to you got to work. This is about getting better and winning and being as good as we can be now. And, and there's some some curve to develop, but you got to do your part and put the work in. Hey, well, Ty, this has been some really great insight, man. I thank you for giving me a few minutes of your time because I know you're a busy guy. So I uh, really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate you. Yes, sir. You got it. Once again, many, many thanks to Ty Corbin for joining me this week. Really appreciated his insight and getting um, just a little bit of general knowledge about not only what his job is, but just how he can help this Hornets franchise moving forward. So thanks very much to Ty Corbin for joining me. All right. Now looking ahead to what the Hornets have coming up, the schedule gets slightly, and I say slightly latter next couple of games here only because it begins as they continue that road trip, three game road trip, and finish it off in Orlando on Friday. The Magic are very, very banged up, very banged up, missing one of the top players in Cole Anthony. So you know they have the rookie, uh, number one overall pick, Paulo Bancaro, uh, Duke product. The Hornets, this is one of those games that you have to get because, yes, the Hornets are banged up as well, but they've been all their games so far. They've been right there, and now it's about just finishing the deal. So. It's very important for them to get this game in Orlando because Saturday night they welcome the defending champion Golden State Warriors and local product slash hero Stephen Curry to Charlotte and host Golden State. 
in you know what will be a back-to-back -back, obviously for him, which will be very very tough to do and it depends obviously what's happening with their injured players which we won't know more about until we get closer to game time so um, that's going to be a tough game for him but then on halloween the hornets welcome in sacramento who essentially has won zero games coming into the weekend they lost their first three games so at that point even if they come in you know having a couple wins under their belt the hornets still should be able to at least match the kings and be right there with them in the fourth quarter you could think at minimum at home to be able to potentially get that so they need to at least get to our next three games um to be able to kind of help them feel even better about themselves and give them like a four and three record or so going into um you know november um because once they get going in november you know they have a tough little again another road game there playing in chicago against the bulls and the bulls have been one of the top teams so far um in the overall nba so things don't get easy for them and then that oh by the way after they play the bulls they go to face john morant and the grizzlies in memphis on friday before coming home to host the brooklyn nets so yeah it's gonna be very important for the horns to get a couple of these next three games um so that way you have a little bit of a buffer as you potentially welcome back some of your injured players coming back potentially in a couple of weeks at maximum all right now that we looked ahead Let's check out this week's random factoid. And it's this. Believe it or not, the Hornets enter their game this weekend with Orlando and Golden State. Basically ranked fourth in the league in field goal attempts per game at 95, trilling OKC, the Knicks, and the Pacers. But even probably more impressive, as I mentioned earlier, is the amount of shots they're actually making just almost under half of those attempts at 49.5%. So not only are they shooting at a really good clip to have them amongst the best leaders in the NBA, but they're also firing off many attempts, which again, equates to pace and things like that. So even though the Hornets, again, don't have their best players and LaMelo Ball and even one of the top scorers in Terry Rozier, and one of the top defenders in Cody Martin, they still found a way to be in these games and to be ranked fourth in field goal attempts through four games and have made almost half of those is a really impressive feat. So got to give them credit for that. Well, so there you have it. Many, many thanks to my guest, Tyrone Corbin. And thank you so very much for joining me for this latest episode of QC Hornets Nets. I'm Rod Boone. For more Hornets content, check out charlotteobserver.com. And for a special sub offer to gain full access, click the link in my stories where it says, support my work with a digital subscription. All right, until next time, we out.